Welcome to the Movie Man, where we've got treats for you. Next to me is Johnny Smith and opposite James Pugh. My name's Callum O'Toole and I'll be your host tonight. So come with us to La La Land and hear us talk some shite. Welcome to the show, everybody. It's the Movie Man. We're back for 2017. The three of us back again. Did you guys have a lovely Christmas and New Year? Yeah, it was all right. Oh, that's wicked. <laughs> Any advance on yeah, it was all right, James? I'd say I'd say it was pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah, it's definitely a step above all right. At least you're a barrel of laughs today, aren't they? Oh, <laughs> we don't want to blow all our good material in the first. You no, know, you're just holding back. There, I'm just worried I might have to sing at some point. No, I wouldn't do that to you, John. I'm going to tap dance, which <laughs> is half a visual medium I appreciate, but they could still hear the taps. Uh, why don't we do it interpretive dance? The whole of the podcast. podcast. That's interesting. Well, while Cal describes what we're what's doing. Going on? Yeah, so, well, now what's happening is Johnny's took his shirt <laughs> off. And... <laughs> uh, well, tonight's show is going to be mainly about musicals because we're going to be looking a little bit later at La La Land, which is the buzz film of the moment. Uh, but, guys, what film would you most like to see turned into a musical that isn't currently a musical? James, you start off. Oh. I think I would go for a second. I thought for... you were going to do it in in. <laughs> I think you were just finding your finding your range. Yeah, yeah. Just harmonising. <laughs> um, Ghostbusters. Oh, very good. Okay, so I think it's of that age of film where you know it's kind of got a cult classic status, and it well not even cult classic, but it's that eighties range where it's. I can't describe. It. It's just got that tone where music would just kind of fit in. Um, and it's got a great theme song. <laughs> it so, does have a great theme song. Great Parker Jr. Yeah. So I imagine Bustin that... makes me feel good. But then, basically, the entire film is just different cast members performing the theme song. I like it. So there's only one song, really, and it's just the Ghostbusters theme song. I mean, the, What would the, Bill Murray do? What would, what would his song be? He would say that Bustin makes me feel good. In, in, in but, a but that really, would be his only line. In a really deadpan manner. Yeah. Absolutely. So they'd be having a conversation um, and he would just say, Busting makes me feel good. But that's the only line he can say. Okay. So like the non-musical parts. The song's oh, not yeah. Oh, no, no, no. Absolutely. The non-musical part, <clears throat> oh, all he would say is He could just step into frame, say that, and then step yeah, out and that would be his entire role. Yeah. yeah. Oh, but then you got to have more Murray in there than that. That's true. Johnny, how about you? What's your film? I've gone with Clockwork Orange. Ooh, I think that oh, would be a nice yeah. musical edition of that. Uh, I rewatched it the other day, but there's you know flowery language of droogs yeah. and viddies and eggy weggies. It's like a musical without the music. It is basically singing I mean, in the rain, sex singing in the bit, rain. You know, yeah. Nice jolly up, yeah. upturned version of Raping singing in the rain with a bit of rain. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and you know the bit where he gets beaten up by tramps. So Does there's he a beat lot of tramps. He does, and then he gets beaten up by tramps oh, later. Yeah. The bit when he's drowning, he can do an underwater number. So oh, very yeah. Mary Poppins esque, <laughs> you know, maybe the cartoon background, that kind of like, oh, yeah, dance with a, a like penguin a, or yeah, something, or Little Mermaid esque, maybe under yeah. the sea, yeah, yeah. maybe so, like a crab with like the bowler hat on and like canes. <laughs> well, um, mine that I've gone for is The Godfather. One, it would just remove all the tension out of the film whatsoever. So you'd have Al Pacino sitting there just going, "Do I shoot this man? Do I not shoot this man?" You know, like they're doing musicals and just kind of ruin all the tension. We'd also be very interesting to see how Marlon Brando can do that voice while singing at the same time. With all this cotton, cotton wool in his mouth. It's probably quite <laughs> yeah. difficult to see. Cotton wool just flying everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> what kind of noise would that make? Him doing the uh, Don Corleone voice while singing. Uh, I'm not quite it'd be, sure. It would be Dylan-esque. Let's be honest, it would be quite Dylan-esque. Yeah, I'd say Marlon Brando do kind of have a Dylan-esque voice. That's his normal voice, isn't it? Corleone's more like, uh, out of the throat, isn't it? Maybe, yeah, that's kind of Dylan-y. Yeah. 
I'd say just get Bob Dylan into Dylan. Yeah, just get Bob Dylan. We should have just stuck at Dylan-esque. Shut up your face. Do all the numbers in it. Yeah. Shut up. When the moon hits your eye, like a big pizza pie and some more. Yeah. Just all the classic Italian staples. Absolutely. Oh, that'd be fantastic. Well, the reason we've obviously been talking about musicals so far is La La Land is tonight's film. Obviously, smashed it at the BAFTAs, nominated for 86 billion Golden Globes, I'm sure the same for the Oscars as well when that comes out. So uh, let's start with a man who is a self-confessed hater of musicals, and that's Johnny Smith. Johnny, is this film as great as the accolades would lead you to believe it is? I mean, the, it, it's a real test, this film, because I do, as you said, absolutely hate musicals with a burning passion. They're probably the worst thing in the world. So I Surprising think, the amount of people that do hate musicals. I didn't realise yeah, that many people did. I mean, I remember seeing Chicago years ago, and I think I fell asleep in that, mm. and then watching Les Mis, and that's two and a half hours of sheer torture. <laughs> And that's without taking into account Russell Crowe's singing. <laughs> so it, it, La La Land had a lot of work to do to win me over. And I think the opening, I feared the worst, when there's the big musical number on the, yeah. on the motorway and they'll get out of the cars. Which I may or may not have missed because I couldn't get a parking space outside the cinema. But you know, I got in there after about 10 minutes. Which is kind of, kind of ironic because yeah. they're all stuck in traffic at the yeah, beginning. Yeah. Were you doing a musical number in I, your car? I, on the roof of your car? I did try and get it started when we were leaving the car park. Yeah. It was gridlock. I did put the soundtrack on through the speakers and wind the window down. My missus was looking like, what the hell are you doing? It's like, I'm having a moment. Wait, this is it. It'll just happen. Happen. It's all happened. Just yeah. holding down the horn to create some more yeah. tensions and stuff. No, but I feared yeah. the worst because I was like, this is everything I despise. Big, jolly, you know, in sync numbers. Um, Johnny then, hates jollity. After that, I was pleasantly surprised and actually really enjoyed myself. It won you over. It did. I thought it was very good. You it get was... swept up in it. I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> Let's not get ahead of ourselves. Uh, James, you mentioned to me, we watched it at the same time in the cinema. Yes. You mentioned to me as we came out that there is big gaps between mm. the songs in the film. Yeah. Now, in that sense, is it a true musical in that sense that they've just basically done a couple of set pieces and then gone, there you go, this is a, basically a film with a couple of songs in it? It, that's an interesting point. The music think, doesn't drive the film, does it really? Um, it, it doesn't, no, but I, I, w- I would still class it as a musical. As, as Johnny said, that first big set piece kind of sets this scene, uh, similar to how they arrive in LA, really, that it's this big magical place, everyone's mm. doing this, and that that's the world that you kind of expect to go in. And because it's such a personal story, really, mm. about these two people, and they're really the only two people that sing and and dance and have their own pieces. It's not like there are side characters coming in. I mean, John Legend, John Legend comes in yeah. and you have that set piece, but that's really kind of, you know, her watching uh, Ryan Gosling perform. Uh, yeah. But other than that, it's really just about those two. And I think that that kind of personal story works It's because of that really great opening sets mm. this tone, the scene, um, that you kind of not forgive the music, but you understand that, this, well, this is what happens in this world. So yeah. they don't force it in where it wouldn't happen. Like yeah. it's in points of either high high romantic tension or high you know drama that they'll break they'll break into song and have a dance it all, it all feels so organic and natural to the story that i can see why you wouldn't want to call it a musical because it 
it's not like, oh, and here we go again, some blokes come on up, but, but with like a cane in a hat. Like, <laughs> like, all the fellas have turned up, and you're like, so the workmen come down yeah, and start spinning their hats absolutely. off. Absolutely. Like, it, feels, it feels so natural and, and organic that, that you kind of forget what, what it is you're watching. Yeah. Um, but it does have an awful lot of throwback elements to... Oh, absolutely. You know, it is like a festival of homage, this film. Yeah. Loads of little bits in there. Johnny, what some of the ones that sort of stood out for you in there? Obviously, I mean, obviously with any film about Hollywood, you've got to throw James Dean in somewhere. So yeah. they, they go yeah. and watch Rebel Without a Cause yeah. at an old cinema. He, he spin, There's a bit where he spins on the, the lamppost. Yeah, Grace Kelly. Yeah, and he, yeah. he has Hoagie Carmichael's stall in his yeah. flat, which is the, the piano player from all those 30s films. So... You know, it's a classic loving with old Hollywood sort of, you know, yeah. the old glamour of, of musicals and yeah. studio way of making films and stuff. But I quite like that. It's nice and sort of twee and, yeah. and you know, anyone who likes films sort of can buy into those but, sort of nostalgic does, elements. Does, yeah, does it not set yourself up a little bit for a fall, though, that you're, you're making those homages? So naturally you're going to be compared sure. to those films. And we're talking about some of the the ultimate classics of cinema now. You mentioned Singing in the Rain was in there. Um, so, you know, does it stand up to that level? I, th- I think because it's set in a world that, exi- that those films exist in, mm. like it's not like the, the people in it don't know that there were these big musicals. Like they're very aware and it's an influence on the main characters. So I think because of that, you know that these these people have that in mind. So almost these homages feel like deliberate. Like, well, he he'd do that because he's trying to impress this actress, and he you know he loves music, and it kind of makes it kind of makes sense. Uh, and, I, and I think that the relationship between them two um, is mm. is absolutely fantastic and derives the well, drives the film. Let's focus on those two then. So the chemistry is the third film I can think of that they've been in together. Yeah, Gangster um, Squad, Gangster Squad, Crazy Stupid love. love. I think this might, there might be another one, but it's definitely the third one yeah. at least. Um, the chemistry between them is fantastic, isn't it? it it's incredible. And I, I have an odd obsession with Ryan Gosling uh, and his face. There's nothing odd about that. I, I just think... It's a it's face. Just his face. It's just his just, face. The, the shots were... And not to spoil anything, there's just a shot at some point in the film where he's just on his face and he's, and he's looking at her and you're waiting for him to do something and it, and it honestly felt like an eternity and I've, I've got chills thinking about it. You just look in his eyes. <laughs> it's his body language. It's what he's doing when yeah. he's not talking. For me, he's... Entirely unique among yeah. actors. He acts for me like no one else does. Little mistakes, some not mistakes, but like little misspeak, miss stutters. Speaks, Even when he's stutters, picking things yeah. up, and he's like, he'll, he'll yeah. drop them. It feels, yeah, it yeah. feels so very, organic. very natural, very real, like organic. Yeah, that's a great way of putting it. It wasn't quite the same in that, but that moment that you talked about was the standout moment for me there. Yeah, his measurement of 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 how, the the timing and how long he needed to be doing that for was yeah. just absolutely impeccable. But Johnny Emma Stone as well. Great in this as well. I mean, I think she's she's the real star. I think Ryan Gosling is is perfect for the role because he sort of embodies that classic actor who's maybe not the best in terms of range. You know, he's mm. not Laurence Olivier or, or yeah. He does Marlon play Brando. variations of Ryan Gosling. He's always that you never yeah. like. Wow, it's yeah. it's not Ryan Gosling. It's always you know Ryan Gosling quite stoic but nice and, yeah. and slightly charming. slightly awkward but yeah know, charming when you get I mean, in but there. I think he's got or like that... super slick like in the Big Short. He's, like got he's got the sort of all those, all those elements to charisma. Sort of he's got the just presence and charisma. So you know he's not the best actor, but he's got the pre. You know, like a James Dean sort of thing. And I think that's perfect with this because you know it's a nostalgic film. But Emma Stone is really, really good in it, and mm. she's superb because she's just very normal and likable, mm. and sort of has a proper personality mm. and sort of bubbles away and, and seems quite 
you know, she's lively and she carries the film really a lot of it, I think. Because Ryan Gosling's good, but he's quite, you know, stripped back, whereas she's a lot more emotional. So I think the two of them go together really well. There's a lot of that elements as well of musical theatre in this as well. You know, she's obviously, she's an actress, she has a one-woman show, which is as part of it. But also the main thing would be the spotlighting that they have on the actors, where everything else goes dark and they spotlight the actors as well. That sort of blurring of the lines and bringing in other elements as well, like live music with John Legend and stuff like that going on. Was it, a, was it an authentic thing, or do you think it was a bit too much of an attempt to keep it relevant, keep it fresh? I, I think he almost had to do it like that. He almost had to shoot those scenes, because he only really does that when you're breaking from the reality to go to the dancing and the music. That mm. spotlight comes on, it's almost like a sign going, yeah. we're stepping out of this scene now, we're going into like their heads almost. And there's lots of shots where it's just them walking down the street and it's almost like you sat in a theatre and you just, you know, mm. it's bang, there's your wide, you know, and they're walking down the street, watch them, like, like a theatre. Uh, and I think that if he'd done it any other way, whether he got really avant-garde about it or he'd gone really gritty and go, no, these are talking and then they suddenly just start singing in the middle of a, mm. an argument, I think that's when it would got a bit eggy and a bit, <laughs> a bit West Side Story, a bit kind of like... I'm not quite sure if you took... Yeah, do you know what yeah. I mean? Like, suddenly he's just like clicking his fingers. Like, there's always... There's either a camera change or a mm. lighting change or something stylistically very drastic that happens right before that, that the moment where they start dancing. So, Johnny, let's give this a rating out of 10 then. Um, I mean, obviously, hate musicals, but <clears> this <throat> won me over and I really enjoyed it. I mean, I saw, you know, um, Damien Giselle's other film, Whiplash, and thought that was... Really intense, really exciting, and you cameo know, as well from um, J.K. Simmons JK giving Simmons, it. Yeah. So it, it's very you know similar themes as Whiplash, you know the jazz and the sort of getting your dreams no matter what. But Johnny's, Johnny's doing jazz hands at the moment. I'm doing so much jazz hands. <laughs> <laughs> A lot of that. Um, so you know, I really enjoy. It. I think they're both great in it, and it's sort of that nice mix where it's not overly musical. I'll say an eight out of ten. James. Oh, okay, so I'm. I was going you to tell. You were so pain. I know. When I asked <laughs> you rating, James. It's just so much pressure. I'm, I'm. I feel like I'm definitely kind of like a like a romantic, not in terms of relationships and that, but in terms of going to films and being like with... absolutely <laughs> not not in in yeah. reality. Yeah. 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 But I'm I just. Awful. But in terms of when when I'm when I'm asked to birthday dinner's a pot noodle. When I'm <laughs> when I'm asked to go into these kind of fantasy worlds and kind of forget reality. I'm very forgiving and I'll go and mm. I'll just run in and I'll be enthusiastic and I love it. And with with this, it just it just whisked me away to another place. I, I, I really related to kind of like watching these two dreamers. And it's a film about dreamers and I am a dreamer, a daydreamer, whatever. So and if I gave it anything less than a 10, I would, I, I know. <laughs> this is why it pained me to say. Hold me back, Johnny. I know, because, but, but honestly, I just... It's better than the full Monty. It's better <laughs> than the full Monty. This is what we're saying. I've been, I've been trying Monty to think, does. I've been trying to think of, like, how, how would I fault it? So, you know, where would I kind of knock marks off? Where would I think it needed to be improved? And it was a good film. And then the end made it a, a perfect film for me. 10 out of 10 for James. Wow, you you might as well not watch any more films. <laughs> that's yeah, it. You've 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 peaked peaked now. Well, this is my last last podcast. That's it. That's la it. la la. That's it. I'm never watching a film again. It's gonna um, blind myself. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna be a little bit, little bit more critical. Sure. Don't get me wrong. So, um, first off, I think this is its strongest when the musical elements are not there. Therefore, making it into a musical and having it as a musical for me sometimes felt a little bit like it was just for the fun of it, Ooh, no, rather than for it... actually the purpose of it. 
Not helped entirely by the fact that Ryan Gosling and Emma Stone aren't the strongest singers, don't really push themselves too much, aren't the strongest dancers. But having said that, all that, as a film, I'm like you, James, I got swept away by it. I thought it was absolutely brilliant. There's a sort of almost dreamlike sequence towards the end yeah. that goes on for a long time. And for me, that was sensational. See, absolutely I think that brilliant. was the weakest bit. That to me was a bit. I loved it. It was kind of like. I could get that without that whole sort of thing. I think the there shots. were good bits of it, but it got it, yeah. it dragged on a bit, and the the sort of yeah. dream, yeah. You, you know, it was like we get it now. We don't yeah. need the dream. Doesn't need to keep going. Lovely story. The characters are fantastic, but for me, it would have worked just as well, not as a musical. Ooh. So, I mean, I think one of the bonus <coughs> points for it was they managed. Oh, sorry, to... nine out of ten. Still pretty good then. Nine out of ten. Still pretty good. Sorry, Johnny. It's full Monty. They got. Um, it is full Monty. Good. Past the full Monty test. Really. I ran by flock of seagulls. Sneaked in. Oh, really? You know. That that seems I thought. Great I thought. I thought. Heart. God, that's an obscure song to <laughs> yeah. throw in. Now it's like real big bonus <laughs> points for getting that in there. Some of the productions are obviously are massive fans of the eighties. Like, oh, yeah. What can we get in now? Like, let's get yeah. some cool, really questionable shit in there. strange that we keep running into each other. Maybe it means something. I doubt it. Yeah, I don't think so. You could just write your own roles, you know, write something that's as interesting as you are. Maybe I'm not good enough. Yes, you are. Maybe I'm not. It's like a pipe dream. This is the dream. It's conflict and it's compromise. It's very, very exciting. Right, so now is the time we're going to go to our top fives. We're not going to do... It's a new format, listeners. We're not going to do what we've always done. We're going to go to the top five now. So it's in Johnny Smith's capable hands this week. So, Johnny, what have you picked as your top five? My top five is the best musicals featuring Judy Garland. Oh, wow. Oh, no, sorry, that, that's for next week. No, instead I've gone you're a, for... You're, you're a secret musical deviant, aren't you, Johnny? I've always got Meet Me in St. Louis non-stop on at home <laughs> my uh, good friend and former movie man Harry Anton is soon to be back in a play in the West End about Judy Garland to go and see it it's called Through the Mill it's very good oh, excellent uh, but no not about Judy Garland but she does come up in this top five mm-hmm. so the top five this week is films about Hollywood oh good Hollywood loves making a film about itself yeah as we saw with La La Land so number five I've gone with The Artist 2011 Oscar winner interested uh, one five. Also, sound of silence. Start filming it. See what you did for that. <laughs> oh, yeah. You're yeah. fire, Carl. Yeah, You're no, fire. No. Uh, so, I mean, very similar to sort of La La Land, classic homage to the you know old yeah. Hollywood way. In this case, more than homage, really, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's basically a replication of a silent film, isn't it? Yeah. In did the you guys, century. Did you guys enjoy the artist? Yeah, I thought it was great. It took me twice, to, like two time attempts to get through it. I got halfway through, gave up, and I'd start again. Did you watch it? At the cinema? No. See, I don't think I would enjoy it as much if it wasn't at the cinema. Because right. you have to get the full... And, you know, it's a film like, to be watched at the cinema sort of thing, because that's what yeah. it's... And if you're a dog lover. Jean Dujardin won, was the first Frenchman to win Best, Ox- Best Actor Oscar. God, taken over. Um, Brexit so, can't come soon enough, if you ask me. So, it's moving slightly... <laughs> <laughs> moving slightly away from the artist, I've gone with Tropic Thunder... Of Ooh. 2008. Oh, what a shout! <laughs> yeah. Which is what a shout! I, I, it's so underrated, I think. In, it's incredible. I mean, obviously, it's a ridiculous 
action comedy about a load of actors <laughs> making a war film and it all goes wrong and they can't really work out what's reality and what yeah. isn't anymore. <laughs> I don't like Tropic Thunder. <laughs> just going to say it. I'm just going to put it out there. I think a lot of people hate on it because it was easy. It was easy fodder because it was all really famous people doing a really kind of like out and out comedy. And I think that it was it was easy to criticise and hate. But actually, when you watch it, the script the script's great. It's really. I classy. mean, obviously, I mean, a comedy's the... got to be funny, and uh, I didn't find it really funny. <laughs> I mean, the bit also, where Black, so. Robert Downey Jr. does his fully retard speech oh, it's so is great. Good. Tom Cruise in it is Rain great. Man, <laughs> autistic, not retarded. <laughs> uh, yeah, Robert Downey Jr. playing a black guy. I mean, what's not to like? What's not to like? He's a dude playing a dude pretending to be another dude. There's a lot of a lot of it around in Hollywood at the moment. There is. I mean, if this came out now, he'd be in big trouble. See, everyone so. kicking off about Joseph Fiennes playing Michael Jackson. Yeah. I mean, people keep talking about that, but <laughs> Robert Downey Jr. played a black guy in war film. <laughs> yeah, he's, like, well, he's, on. He's, he's Iron Man. It's like, oh. <laughs> yeah. But also, Robert Downey Jr. seems to be forgetting about, like, forgiven for loads. In like, the 90s, he woke up in his neighbour's child's bed because he was coked off his ass. <laughs> he was sent to prison, We've comes, out of, comes out of prison for, like, for God knows how many drug things, and he's Iron Man, and everyone loves him. He's the highest paid actor in Hollywood. 15 years ago, he was in, he was like in prison. It's just crazy. Hey, look who's in the White House. I know. America, man. Mickey Rourke's done a fairly similar thing, but he just got really ugly instead of doing anything bad. Yeah, when you could look at it, you kind of couldn't turn away. He just got very ugly in the 90s and then appeared again and people felt sorry for him and went, that guy's Mickey Rourke. He looks like that all the time. Jesus. He was a good looking bloke in his day. Rumble, Rumble and then fish. he became a, became a boxer, didn't he? Just Which, or boxer think, with plastic surgery just isn't the greatest combination of uh, no. hobbies. Is I think it? he had so. a boxing match with a beehive. That's <laughs> what it looks like. Uh, uh, so, <laughs> moving on from poor, poor Mickey Raw. Uh, number three, I've gone with the greatest film of the 21st century, as voted by critics for the BBC. Which is Mulholland Drive. Drive. I'm sorry. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Very close. That was a close second. Mulholland Drive. Mulholland Drive. So David Lynch's uh, sort of bizarre commentary on Hollywood yeah. and which you don't dreams. like that much, Johnny? Do you? I'm not. Well, a, I can't a, you put it in a, a massive fan of it. It has good moments, but it's sure. totally mental. Like, I'd recommend people watch that after La La Land just to knock themselves back down. To I mean, if you can watch it first <laughs> time and explain. To anyone, what actually happened or what it was about, then you should be in Mensa. Coming at number two, Judy Garland in A Star Is Born from 1954, which is a good old-fashioned musical. I've not seen that. Judy Garland is uh, an upcoming, you know, actress. She wants to be a film star, and James Mason is an alcoholic film star who's fading away. So they sort of team up and and move in different parts nice. in a, you know, rousing three-hour. Super duper musical. Jesus. What a real slog. Uh, now there'll be about fifty songs in that. It's not like La La Land. I mean, that, like that's a proper musical. That. With uh, I mean, Judy Garland is the the queen of musicals. With Liza Minnelli, also loves a musical. She does. And Judy Garland was married to Vincent uh, Minnelli, who made all those musicals in the thirties and forties. So I didn't know that they are a bloody musical family. Bloody love it. Love a good sing song. Imagine their domestic life was awful. And then number one, it could it couldn't be anything else than Sunset Boulevard from nineteen fifty, which is the ultimate yeah. film about films. Yeah. Um, we're directed by Billy Billy Wilder, who did Some Like It Hot and The Apartment and all those great films from the the golden age. Um, and Norma Desmond, who was a silent actress, plays Gloria Swanson, who is 
a silent actress who's making a big comeback, but she's totally bonkers and deluded. And it's just a really good look at Hollywood and how it's all changed and, and how the silent way in the studio system's fallen apart. What's the line? I got, I'm still big, the pictures got small or something like that. Is that There's a lot of good ones. And then at the end, I'm ready for my close-up. Oh, yeah. Um, it's got some good uh, cameos in there, including Buster Keaton. Buster Head, Rhymes. Head of Hopper, Buster Rhymes. <laughs> Red Man. Method Man. <laughs> Biggie Smalls. Oh, so, we're Rizzo. talking about how high, right? Is that what we're talking about? <laughs> Can that be an archive <laughs> film one week? Because that is a classic. I mean, there are tons of others. I'm surprised know. the player didn't make uh, an appearance. Yeah, Tim that's Robbins. Barton Fink. Hail, oh. hail, hail um, Caesar. Hail Caesar, thankfully, hail. should never have made an appearance. Never did, which is good. Um, I mean, there's Ton- Day of the Locust. There's, you know, all the classic. Because Hollywood loves making films and then giving yeah. it loads of awards to give itself a big pat on the back, <laughs> yeah, it does. which we will so see like, in about a month's time. It's like it's like uh, every single writer in Hollywood's written a film about a struggling writer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm the situation. Can the fella be a villain all his life? All the trials and tribulations. Better settle down and get myself away. Okay, guys. Well, it's time for me to test your cranial capacity once again. Oh, uh, so it's musical week, as we well know, okay. as we've well established by now. So I have in front of me the list of AFI's 100 Years, 100 Songs. In turn, I'm going to ask one of you, and then the next one, a different song, uh, and you're going to tell me what film it came from. So we'll start with the nice, easy one to give. Who wants to go first, or do you want to flip a coin? You may go first. I'll go first. Johnny's I'll take the first. hit. Okay, so first off, easy win, Over the Rainbow. Uh, the Wizard of Oz. Yep. Judy Garland. Judy Garland. This is a, we... just the Judy Garland podcast tonight. Um, yep, oh, so that's God. number one, greatest song ever. Uh, then The oh, greatest <laughs> song ever. <laughs> according to the AFI. After, wow. after I ran by Flock of Seagulls. James, I'm going to give you Mrs. Robinson. Uh, it's probably by Simon Garfunkel for The Graduate. The Graduate, there we go. One from one each so far, can't separate them. Uh, number two for Johnny, I'm going to go with Diamonds Are a Girl's Best Friend. Um, is it The Seven Year Itch with Marilyn Monroe? It's not, but it is with Marilyn Monroe. Shit. Do I throw it over? It's the, the other, other one, one I can think of is some like it hot, but it's not, is it? Gentlemen prefer blondes. Oh, oh, the other one, like you said, it's the other yeah. one. Uh, James, this is your okay. this is your one. Uh, we're gonna go with Someday My Prince Will Come. Ah. Uh, it's Snow White. Snow White and I I've no idea. The Seven Dwarfs. Oh right, so I give <laughs> Nine Dwarfs? Yeah. Snow White, I'll give you that. So James is leading two one. Uh, Johnny, everybody's talking. Midnight Cowboy. Midnight Cowboy, yes. John Voight, who's making an appearance at Trump's inauguration. Yeah. The only person making an appearance at Trump's inauguration. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. and Tony Keith. I hope you'll be singing that. Yeah. Because there'll be no other musical acts on show. (laughs) Imagine, that's becoming the most miserable ceremony of all time. And now we go to John Voight singing Everybody's Talking. Um, on court didn't, just didn't, again didn't Obama have Beyonce <laughs> god he had so many people Springsteen he definitely Obama. wasn't fighting over a Bruce Springsteen tribute band yeah. James it's yawn isn't it raindrops keep falling on my head it's not singing in the rain I know well I literally don't have a clue 
Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. You kidded. An archive yeah. film of ours. Archive film a few weeks ago, yeah. That's why I didn't give it to you. <laughs> uh, so that's two each from yep. three questions each. Doing all right so far, I think. Uh, Johnny, this one's quite easy, actually, maybe. Unchained Melody. Oh. Number 27 in the air file list. Ghost. Ghost, yes. Which uh, I found out yesterday that Whoopi Goldberg won an Oscar for. <laughs> <laughs> not the not the colour purple. But I th- ghost. <laughs> I, wish I, I wish I didn't know that. I thought she got it for Sister Act Two, Back in the Habit. No, that would I mean, be a second Oscar. <laughs> I mean, that is a magnum opus, isn't it? That is <laughs> a magnum opus. Uh, <laughs> James, Born to Be Wild, Easy Rider. Yeah, by Steppenwolf. Oh, it can't separate you two at the moment. Three each out of four. So there's going to be one last one each. Okay, Luck be a lady. Oh shit! Um, I've no idea, so I'll say Annie, get your gun. Guys and dolls. It's on the right line. It's uh, the same one as in The Simpsons with uh, Luke be a Jedi tonight. Luke be a lady tonight. Uh, James, you could win it with this then. Oh, got the pressure. (laughs) Sweated. Wind beneath my wings. Oh. Sung by Bette Midler. Beaches. Beaches, yeah. Yes. Well done, James. Good effort by both of you, actually. That was quite impressive. Because it's, it's difficult when you just hear the song title and mm. what film it's come from as well. So yeah. Sometimes it's difficult to put two and two together, but you did excellent. You only got one wrong each there. It's no. got to be a movie men record. finish the show now we're going to go for a little something we tried out the back end of last year was a lot of fun uh which was we're gonna we'll call it the title game shall we? we haven't got even got a name for it it's that fresh it's that hot off the press but we'll call it the title game so if you don't remember the premise behind this is okay. that we get a film title of something that's coming out soon and we have to guess the plot just from the title uh so <laughs> it was the challenge laid down to james Pugh this week so we need to find out what he's got. James, what have you got for us? So I was looking I was looking at the films coming out this year and this was the this was the one that stuck out to me um as being the the oddest title for a film I've ever heard in my entire life. And it's called Billy Lynn's Long Half Time Walk. <laughs> so the film's directed by Ang Lee. Ah uh, yeah, of the one uh, Pie Fame. Yeah, yeah. and he's Pie um, Face. Big big into Pie Face, Ang Lee. And he's and stars Vin Diesel. Oh, bad start. As okay. Billy Lynn? No. Well, <laughs> Is I'm, he playing Riddick again? Because <laughs> on the website I go on, it literally just says the film title, who directed it, the certificate, the date, and then the star. It's not a Fast and Furious spin-off, is it's, it? It's not, no. It's not triple, quadruple X. <laughs> it's f- five X is too many X's, is what it's called. <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay, so, so let's see what you think. Hopefully I'm right. Uh, it's the night of the Johnson Paint Trophy final. <laughs> uh, I'll stop you there. Checker trade trophy now. Oh, change sponsor. I apologise if you don't like to uh, <laughs> let me delete that. It's the checker trade. It's the night of the checker trade trophy final. The big one then. Billy Lynn's beloved Southend United are playing Crew Alex. The biggest fixture of the year just happens to coincide with the biggest day of his life. His wedding day. <laughs> Billy has scheduled the day perfectly. Round the corner from the church is a spoons playing the match. Nip to the church at half-time, walk down the aisle, 
say his vows, then using his BT Sport app, watch the second <laughs> half on the way to the reception. But just like the beautiful game, it's not over till the final whistle blows. Right. Will Billy make his long half-time walk down the aisle in time, or will he be shown the red card? Has he accounted for extra time or even penalties? Billy must play a blinder if he's going to pull this off. So that's very good. Yeah, that's just throwing that one out there. Elsa's wife will substitute him for another group. Yeah, there's, there's, there's lots of there's all know, that, potential all football puns. Who's so going to play Billy? I, I presume that would be Vin Diesel, but as a, as a set with a South End. Accent. I was going to say, no. I can't wait for the South End. <laughs> yeah. no way. There's no way Vin Diesel playing Billy. Vin Diesel is either playing the leading striker for South End, or he's playing the vicar in the church. Right. I reckon he's conducting the ceremony. Who would we like? I'd like to see Dean Gaffney play Billy. <laughs> But I worry that with they... Joe Swash as his best friend. <laughs> I mean, this is the this is the level of actor that would be in a film like that. Yeah, oh, I worry that they'd get James Corden to to play Billy. Oh, that's a very very good show. Yeah, I think James Corden and Andrew. I mean, that's a that's a that's a safe piece Joe, of casting. Joe well. Swash as best man <laughs> slash like left winger for South End. Um, yeah. so he's got. A, he's got to get to the reception. Maybe as well. Ray Winston as the South End manager. Yeah, yeah maybe the bride's dad is Ray yeah. Winston. <laughs> Who's like, you go be here for the for the wedding? Aren't maybe you? he's like a yeah. pa- Palace or Orient fan, so yeah. he's yeah, not a yeah. fan of Southend. And obviously, Phil, Phil Brown is the Southend manager, so he could make a cameo. He would oh, love that. Phil Brown would love nothing more <laughs> <Yeah>. than <laughs> to play himself in a film with his headset ass. on. Yeah, he, he tanned up, permatanned to the max. <laughs> You know, he when he got sacked by Holly, he just went. He just did the old Easy Rider, didn't he? And just took a motorbike around America. <laughs> That's it. Midlife crisis. Definitely a Harley. Probably a Sam Allardyce. <laughs> he was, no, Sam in Allardyce was definitely riding. No, the other way around wouldn't have been. Yeah. Allardyce was riding the motorbike and Brown was in the sidecar. And it's, it's, Sammy Lee was driving a van behind with their luggage in. <laughs> yeah. The U-Haul. Not allowed to talk to them. Truly spectacular end there from James. That's fantastic. I think it's time for us to wrap up the first movie men of 2017. How was it being back in the groove, guys? Back in the back in the habit, like Whoopi Goldberg. Oh, Oscar winner. Oscar winner. Ghost. Good not, not a good film. <laughs> okay then. Okay. So remember, if you enjoyed the show, and even if you didn't, follow us on Twitter at the Movie Men Show, uh, and get over to Johnny's blog, thelatestpictureshow.com. I'm not sure if you've been keeping up with it's, Johnny. There's quite a few cobwebs on there. Yeah. So, uh, but you know, New Year, new me, yeah, new shit to write. So uh, <laughs> That's good. maybe I'll write a musical and put it on there. And remember to come back to us next time out, where we'll probably, almost certainly, be reviewing T2. Train spotting two, not the Terminator two. So oh, that'll be I mean, next time. Can we time do out. both? I mean, well, that could be. We could bring back the archive film just for one week <laughs> and do Terminator two. <laughs> so thanks very much for making it to the end of the show. I know it was a struggle as usual, but uh, I promise there'll be no no more singing. But if you did make it this far, consider yourself our mates, listeners. See you later on.